0: Happy New Year. I love it when um, the, the, whatever you call it, the, the PowerPoint behind me goes wrong a little bit, and then the, the font all changes, or it's a different size. It's always on a weird slide. It's always on a slide that has the word naked in it for some reason. So you're like, oh, what happened there? I don't know. But anyway, um, thank you, Sydney, for reading that. Um, it was quite a long scripture when I was, I was texting with Jasmine early in the week, and we're like, oh, I'm not sure what, what I want read, you know, what I want to actually, you know, have us, have us dive into. I was like, what, it, could we read the, the first full two chapters and a psalm? And Jasmine sort of wrote back, ha ha ha, I guess. <laughs> so, so I changed it. So you're welcome. It wasn't quite as long as I originally thought it could be. Um, but before we jump in, um, let, let me pray for a second. Um, Father, we, we thank you for a new year that stretches out before us. Uh, We thank you for a new vision, uh, we thank you for a new focus to draw together and draw close to you, that as one body, we can serve you and serve your church. As individuals, we can serve each other, and we ask that through this work over the next weeks and months, we grow, grow closer to you and draw your community together to you and for your sake. Amen. Well, hopefully you've read um, Genesis 1 and 2 or beyond at some point. And if you have not, hopefully you, you will read it now. And there's a lot to absorb and understand about God's creation and our role in all of those things. And we're just going to scratch the surface um, this morning. But you'll see at the very beginning, God's word starts today. It's so beautiful. God speaks. God said, and because he said, There was. What he says comes into being, and then you see at the end of the day, there's this joy that God expresses. What he says is, and then he says, it is good. It is good. And at the center of that, God speaking, and it is good, is mankind, right in the middle. You and I in this relational partnership at the very center of the entire creative process. It's ordained by God, and it is good. And that's what I want us to focus on um, over the next few weeks and months, and we'll see how it goes over the year like we did last year. We spent a lot of last year looking inward. There's who do you say I am? Who do you say? How do you, who, who do you feel? How do you, how do you respond to who Jesus is? And now I want us to look a little more outward, outward to each other, to our community, as we partner in this gospel work together. So starting with Genesis, and all throughout the Bible, we, humankind, people are at the center of God's plan. So that's where I wanted to start with, because nothing else in creation reflects God's glory as much as you or I do. Nothing else affects God's creation as much as you or I do. What we do affects creation, and what we do reflects God's glory to all of creation, So that's how important we collectively are in God's great creative plan. So the idea of partnering in the gospel, of working together, of mobilizing and working as one body is not an implementation strategy. That's not what it is. It's fundamentally who we are and how we were created. So as we start this journey into partnership and how we depend on each other how others depend on us how we serve each other how we complete each other in community i wanted to start in genesis the very beginning of how we're created because it's so innate to this whole work in genesis 126 god said let us make human beings let us make human beings let us in the very first chapter of the bible we get this glimpse into the mystery and the greatness of God. This glimpse into the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all involved in God's creation. They're all part of it together. The Father through it all. It tells us the beginning of the book of Genesis, the Spirit of God moving over the waters, over the surface of the earth. And the New Testament tells us Colossians and and elsewhere that the, the, the Son of God, Jesus, is the creative force, a power used to create the world. They were all there, all together, part of this creative work. So when you and I, we worship Jesus as a savior, we're also worshiping our creator. And the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to fill us and empower us every day. Let us make human beings in our image. God doesn't say that about about water or plants or animals. Only about us, only us. So we're created as relational people. To reflect God's image God's image is a relational one we're made in the image of a triune God that's intrinsically relational it's three in one and you and I were made to reflect God's relational image it's the first thing it says about us in the Bible let us make human beings in our image and then the most amazing thing to be like us to be like us, in our likeness. So if image has the idea of like a shadow that's cast, a kind of a shape, likeness has the idea of something you can see, like a reflection perhaps. So an image is like an impression that's made, maybe. A likeness is an impression that's seen. If you put a wax seal on a letter, you make that impression, I can see it. I send it to someone else, they can see it. And God wants both of those things in our lives. He wants to put his image into our lives to make that impression, and he wants to show his image to the world through us. So we're created in his image, in his likeness. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Which, as an aside, is probably like the only command that God, that we've ever followed fully, that God gave us, I think. that the, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern it. reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. We're created to reflect God's image, but we're also created to rule over God's creation. We have this relationship with God and a relationship with his creation. We stand between the two. We reflect God's image and have this relationship with his creation as we rule over his creation. He says we are to rule over the world. So for you and I as believers, the reason for being concerned about even the environment is because we're responsible. It's part of us. God has made you and I in a relational image responsible for his creation. That's why we get fulfillment from caring for a plant or a dog or a fish or whatever. Because God created you that way. God creates us in his image to have responsibility over the world. It's a big thing. Psalm 8 describes this privilege really well. And I was going to read that. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. It says, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Yet you made them only a little lower than God, crowned them with glory and honor, gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks, the herds, the wild animals, the birds in the sky, fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, O Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Which is an incredible responsibility, but a beautiful picture of what we get to be a part of. And thankfully, we get to do it together. Made in the image of a relational God. We work in relationship and we work in partnership, created in his image. Which is incredible truth. And as we talk about like what do we value, our values. I can assure you, your values will never be quite right unless we put the right value on ourselves and the right value on each other, which is the same value that God puts on us. So do you see yourself as someone valued so highly by God that he's given you responsibility, authority over creation for kingdom work? And do you see others that way? Because as long as you devalue yourself and you devalue everyone else, you don't see the truth that we're created in God's image and he holds us in high regard. It's sometimes perhaps easier to devalue yourself, to put yourself down, become trapped by your own experiences, fooled by the way your mind's created memories and feelings around situations or failings. And I've, I've talked about my journeys and, and struggles with this before. And I assume, and I assume we're not alone, the idea of, of, of God holding with such value is difficult, because every failure, every insecurity, the weight of uh, the opinion of others, perhaps, negative experiences, all, all the things, it can be so hard to not just theoretically understand that you have intrinsic work, but really, really know it, really believe it about yourself and about others. I think the, the, perhaps the human side of the, the church organization across the ages has failed in many times in this regard, focusing on, on guilt and shame and mistakes and unworthiness, creating constructs for absolution. Now, I don't want to get off track here because confession, repentance, forgiveness, sanctification, all these things, of course, have their place. But very hard of it, God created you. And before you'd done a thing, God said it was good. Living in that promise, embracing that truth, takes effort and intentionality. It's not just a feel-good thought. It's not something warm and fuzzy. It actually takes work to understand and embrace and take that on. We need to lean into the capacity we have, this, this ability like nothing else in creation has to relate to God. I can have a relationship with God. I can partner with him. Adam walked in the garden and talked with God. We can do that today through Jesus. And that's what this sort of spirituality work is about. We see Ecclesiastes, God tells us that he set eternity in the hearts of people, the ability to relate, to know what God's done. Because the most significant thing about us is who breathed life into us. The Lord God, it says, formed the man from the dust off the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. The word breath in Hebrew is same as the word spirit. He breathed his spirit into our lives and humans became living beings. You're invaluable because of who made you. It's his creative power that makes you and I who we both are. It's creative power that gives us the hope that we need. Without that, we're just dust. And in Psalm 103, it says, A father has compassion on his children. So the Lord, in the same way, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are dust. So when your thoughts go to that place where you're not worthy, where you've messed up, where you've made a mistake, where you haven't hit the mark that you hoped to, God's response is not ridicule. God's response is not devaluing. His response is compassion. And some of you need to hear that verse from the psalm and hear God say to you, I have compassion on you. And I know that you're made from dust, but I've breathed my life into you. I'll pick you up again. And again, and again. And I'll strengthen you again for tomorrow, for the work that is ahead. Because sometimes that's what gets in the way of us actually partnering with each other. It's not always an unwillingness to to let someone else in. It's an unwillingness to let them let you in. God's passion, compassion in our lives is so powerful. His value for, for us is so high. You and I need to see how God values us and how God made us. So we get a hold of ourselves, our lives, our situation, our circumstances, so that we can embrace each other. So we can benefit, if you like, from the, from the gift of each of us and embrace the gift that they bring to your life and they can embrace the gift that you bring to theirs. We're different people. God made us in such a way that our our will, our emotions, our experiences all shape this unique, beautiful personalities that thinks and decides and feels because God thinks and God decides and God feels. Because what it means to be created in his image. This personality is beautiful. We have an ability to think and feel to decide about life and we need to take those personalities, the way we see things, the way we think about things, the way we feel about things, the way we decide about things. Reflect God's choices in God's heart and God's thoughts and use it in the context of community. When we do that, we're living out what it means to be created in his image. Back to Genesis, God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Now, this is important. Male and female is emphasized in Genesis and is emphasized throughout the Bible, too, because I think God wanted to make sure we all knew that men and women are created in his image. He wanted to make sure that through the ages, you can't rise up and say God created men more in God's image than women, or vice versa, for that matter. And it's interesting to see that he doesn't say he created a man and a woman. He says, male and female, he created them. The words that he used had to do with the way God made us. It's important for us to understand our society because when we talk about sort of sex and sexual preference, it becomes the only part of the story of gender that we even discuss. But because we focus on that physical aspect so much of those differences, we've moved away from what it means to be created in his image and rejoice in those differences In the male and female, he created them. My distinctives as a man reflect God's image. Your distinctives as a woman reflect God's image. Male and female, he created them. Now, God showed himself as a male image as God the Father. And Jesus came to the world as a man, showing himself as a male image. But God is not a man like I am. He doesn't have a body of a male like I have. He's spirit. And this is important to remember, important to note. Perhaps, maybe hopefully obvious, but important to note that don't let anybody say you can't reflect God's image because you're a woman, because he showed himself as a father. You can reflect God's image just as much as any man. Psychology talks about sort of masculine and feminine side, and, and God has his perfect masculine and perfect feminine side, if you like. He's perfect. The perfect person, the perfect personality. He can plead any one of us and make us into anything. He wants us to be. Recognizing God's image in us helps us fulfill what it means to be a man or a woman created in God's image. Understanding ourselves and each other helps fulfill what it means to partner together. It's not simply we need more names on a sign-up sheet. That's not the point. God could do the work alone if he wanted so in order to fulfill the work, God chooses to use our differences, the way we are created, to make up the church, to make up that image of God. And we see in chapter 2, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is, who is just right for him. And then this perfect partnership was formed. The relationship between that first man, Adam, and that first woman, Eve, is a wonderful example that expresses the way God has made us and the differences that we have not competition, but completion. Adam needs a helper, God says, not a servant, not somebody that but somebody sorry that completes somebody else. The idea of two things coming together that somehow, in some way, they never could by themselves complete each other. It's the idea of a marriage union, it's the idea behind a church partnership, it's the idea behind a community of believers. The idea of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I'm not better because I'm a man. You're not better because you're a woman. We're both better together. You're not better because of your gifts. I'm not better because of my church job. We're both better together. We're created in God's image. Because we're different, we need each other. Because we're different, we need each other. Adam certainly needed Eve. He was lonely in the garden, and God met his need for loneliness by bringing a healthy relationship into his life. One of the reasons that we have such loneliness in society is that we don't understand how we're made. We try to find fellowship. We try to find joy in the wrong places, and there's this, this deep loneliness that just doesn't get fulfilled. And God brings Eve into Adam's life, and Adam says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And as we close, there's two words from this phrase that I think I want to leave you with that I think it help any marriage, any partnership, any friendship, any sibling, parent, whatever relationship. And it comes from this partnership between Adam and Eve, that first partnership where God creates man and woman, and an idea of wonder and an idea of oneness. It's this idea of wonder: bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Never lose the wonder of the fact that God has brought other people into your life to complete you, to work in partnership with you, to live in community with you. And sometimes that sense of completion can feel like competition because we're different and we don't see things the same way. But as long as the wonder stays there, there's an energizing power from God in all our relationships, and that second word, oneness. God goes on to say to Adam and Eve that in the first lesson in all the Bible, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and we join to his wife and there'll be one flesh. And of course this looks different in the context of, of different relationships. But when I hold onto the wonder of each other, whatever that relationship dynamic is, if you hold onto the wonder, the wonder of creation, and you build on the oneness together, the unity with each other, the unity with a relational God, In his incredible creation, there's a power to energize our partnership work in the gospel. So if you go back to the beginning, when all things were made, there's a simple foundation to build on, a foundation of wonder and of oneness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your deep compassion, and the great value you have for each of us. We may not understand quite our role in this this world, what you have planned for us, but we ask that you lead us on. You give us the security and the strength and the confidence as individuals to lean on each other, to support each other, to complete each other and to allow others to complete us. We ask for your guiding hand to continue to do a work in us so we see you in us. We understand we are made in your image and we understand and embrace others also made in your image. And as we step into this year, we ask that you show us how best we can work together, how best we can partner with you Partner with each other to do what you have created us each to do. We ask this in your name.